Holy Spirit, we just give you glory. We give you the space. Have your way in our midst. Whatever you want to do is the best plan. Jesus' name. We've been talking about the promised land. And in case you might not recognize it, that's a map of the region we're sitting in. We've taken residence in, and the Holy Spirit has inspired us to take. Not in our own strength, not in our own might, not in our own will, but the will of heaven. I want to talk about the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. When you have a set of keys, you have the power to lock and you have the power to unlock. You're feeling it, Kathy. <clears throat> Jesus is in the region of Caesarea Philippi. He's with his disciples. And he asked them a question. Who do you, who do men, he asked them the first question, who do men say that I am? And the disciples answer and say, you're, you're like John the Baptist, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, Simon Peter. Simon means listening. Listening, Peter. Listening rock. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. How many here know that Jesus is the Son of God? Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. I just want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit's closer to you than you think sometimes. I say that to myself. He's inside you. <laughs> Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And I say to you that you are Peter, little rock. And on this rock, Jesus referring to himself, the big rock, I will build my church. I'm going to use you as a rock, a foundation on the big rock myself to see people come to know me. In verse 19, he says this. I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want to tell you right now, this is an encouraging message. It's an encouraging from, encouragement from the Holy Spirit. But it's going to challenge you just as it challenges me. 
but we need to be encouraged to step out where God wants us to go. It is your God-given destiny to do what he wants you to do. You are the best you when you function as God designed you to function. Nothing less. I can do pretty good for a while, but I can't do great unless I'm in him. Truly identifying myself as a son of God, as a daughter of God, as his child. Jesus gives Peter this awesome word. And then he goes on to tell Peter and the rest of the disciples by which manner he's going to die. And Peter says this in verse 22. Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Peter gets told he's going to get the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He's going to have power to bind and to loose. This is the declared will of his Savior, Jesus. He doesn't have a full understanding of his Savior, Jesus. So in just a short conversation later, he's rebuking him. He's reprimanding his Lord and Savior. I myself have reprimanded and rebuked Jesus by trying to bind and loose things in my own strength and not realizing which spirit I was in. Jesus turns to Peter, says, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. In the name of Jesus, I have declared, come out. Because I've been mindful in my own way, in my own expectation of how that devil, how that demon, how that unclean spirit should come out. Once in a while, when I'm in my own mindset, when I'm reasoning like a man in my carnal nature, slapping a label of Holy Spirit anointing on it, once in a while someone gets delivered. Nearly every time when I'm in the spirit of the living God, I've separated myself by his grace, by his provision, by his blood from the flesh. Then in the spirit declaring it happens. In the name of Jesus, sickness be gone. In the name of Jesus, I've declared, rise from the dead. And all the while in my flesh, I'm looking at the mountain of death. I'm looking at the mountain of cancer. I'm looking at the mountain of a chronic disease. And that is what is compelling me to pray this prayer of authority and power that I think I have. And nothing happens. Jesus says to Peter, he's of the devil. He calls it Satan. And he says, you're mindful of the things of men, not the things of God. How many times are we trapped in our own carnal reasoning? The Word of God says, the carnal mind brings death. 
But the spirit, the spirit, the mind and the spirit, Romans 8, 6, brings life and peace. We get so wrought with anxiety, don't we? Don't raise your hand. I'll raise mine. We get so caught up in the situation. What are we going to do? It's so confusing. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I'm going to die. I'm afraid my mom is going to die. I'm afraid my child isn't going to make it. There's grace and mercy for that. His, his mercies never end. I'm not condemning. What I, am, what I am doing under the unction of the Holy Spirit is calling us forth per the word of God to take the keys that he's given us and not think we have the keys that he's given us. I tried to start my truck a couple weeks ago. I tried to start it. I left my keys in the church, and so I got a spare in my truck. <clears throat> now it's online, and anybody can get into my truck. And I, I, I grab the key, I put it in the ignition, and I try to turn it on. And nothing happens. That's right, Mike. It was missing the chip. It took me a little while, and I'm telling you, this is very symbolic. This parallels my spiritual journey. It took me a little while. How many times did I try to get the power going before I realized it wasn't going to work? Do you know what the chip is in our spiritual walk that allows us to access the keys that God has for us? The true keys of heaven that truly loose and truly bind? It's the Holy Spirit. I'm of a carnal mindset when I declare things of my own physical, natural expectations. I'm of a spiritual mindset when I'm tapped into him, inviting the constant immersion, the continual and increasing baptism, infilling of the Holy Spirit, separating myself, consecration comes to mind. That was a recent message. Consecrating myself to him by his grace and giving myself to him. The word of God says, if we're joined to God, 1 Corinthians 6, we are one with his spirit. The problem is, I've got one foot in carnality and I've got one foot in spirituality. And by the grace of God, he continues to cause me to separate myself and it becomes a split that I can't do in these genes. <laughs> but the farther out that I go, the more unstable I get. A double-minded man, a duplicitous man is unstable in all his ways. I resemble that remark when I'm in the flesh. Because I'm carried about with every wind of doctrine, tossed to and fro, and the enemy just says, yay, I've neutralized someone. That raising of the dead, that power encounter with the Lord, that love, most importantly, that love encounter with the Lord that we're destined to be agents for, destined to, to spread the good news of Christ, to be God's conduit, that love encounter never happens when we're in the flesh. Very rarely. We need to realize that the first thing that the keys need to loose is my heart from my flesh. And the first things, the first thing, the keys need to lock is my heart to him.
This is what Peter didn't realize. Thank you, Peter, for being a great example, for going down in the history books as making mistakes. Oh, we can all relate. Check out this list. In the name of Jesus, all division be gone in this church. I'm saying the right prayer, right? In the name of Jesus, all denominational division in this region be gone. Just a sweeping a move of the Holy Spirit in, in unity. Great prayer, right? And maybe if I worked on it, I could be more eloquent with it. But it's a great prayer to declare. But if I'm praying from here, from the mindset of men, Isaiah refers to it as a prayer that doesn't even get off the ground. <laughs> when we're praying for marriages, God is steadfast, faithful, patient, long-suffering. He never gives up. And yet, when we're in our marriages, too easily we give up. It's not for everybody, but it's for some. This is an encouraging word, folks. It's an encouraging word because God wants your marriage to be all that it's supposed to be, even more than you do. He's trying to get us unlocked from our fleshly, carnal reasoning and get locked into his spirit and walk as children of light as he is in the light. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is long-suffering, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, love, Peace, joy, these things that we are supposed to have in our marriages, they don't happen when we're in our fleshly states. We pray for our children. We pray for the occult to come down. We bind the occult in Jesus' name. Done it. We're not looking through the spiritual lens that would actually see a person that's practicing the occult that's been so hurt, so wounded to the core of their soul that they're trying to control the divine in their own fleshly way and getting and dabbling into the occult so that they can find some sort of peace. We don't see the hunger in the witch, in the warlock. And Jesus is saying, I love them. Did I not cast out seven demons from Mary Magdalene? Did I not cast out a legion of demons from the madman of Gadara? Unlocked from the flesh, locked into the spirit, seeing the way he sees things, that's where the power encounter is. Do you want me to say it, Holy Spirit? Politics, nationalism, locked into the TV screen, which, if you didn't know, is flesh. I'm not saying all TV is bad, but most of the time it's not doing you any good. Locked into the TV screen, locked into the radio, locked into the news program, locked into the internet news source, getting that feeding of the politics, and then all of a sudden what's going on in the politics is dictating our prayer life, dictating the focus of our prayer life. Instead of being on our knees before God and just saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. You know every word on my mouth before I utter it, Father. 
Therefore, I just come to you and I just say, hallowed be your name. You speak and your servant listens. God loves our politicians. And Satan loves it when we hate him. We need to be unlocked. The word of God says, now may the God of peace sanctify us completely and may our whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord. We are made of spirit, soul, and body. The word of God given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can separate us, separate our souls from unclean influences. You're hearing the word of God now, and it's coming through what might amount to be a donkey. <laughs> the word of God is being declared regardless of who is delivering it. It's the word of God that's penetrating our hearts and calling us into that unity, that oneness with him. Those that are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Whose child are you? If you're led by the Spirit, you're his child. The last week Jesus has with his disciples, this is the Last Supper actually, he says to Peter, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. I just want to show you a video of what sifting looks like. It's okay if there's no sound. You get the idea. <clears throat> Peter's being asked for by Satan that he might sift him. When wheat is sifted, it first comes off the stalk. It's a process called threshing. After the threshing, there's a process called winnowing. They throw the grain into the air after it's been removed from the stalk, and the little husks that are attached to the grain come off. And the grain falls into their, where they're collecting the grain. And then there's a third process called sifting because the dirt and the stones are still attached to the grain. And with the sifting, it's kind of violent. There's a shaking, and then a dumping, and then a shaking, and a dumping, and a shaking, and a dumping. Satan is asking for Peter, as he does us, that he might sift us as wheat. He knows that the seed of Jesus, likened in 1 Corinthians 15 and elsewhere, as a grain, a seed in us. He knows that the seed of Jesus is precious, and he wants to keep dumping stones as we get sifted. He wants it to be really violent so that we might give up. We might do something that's so depraved and so ugly, like deny our Savior. Three times Peter did. Satan is sifting him. He's trying to ruin him. But I have prayed for you, says Jesus, that your faith should not fail. 
And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. How many feel like you're being sifted and tested? Totally. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. And those of you that aren't raising your hands, I'm going to trust in the presence of the Lord that you're being honest. There's no pressure to raise your hands. <laughs> but someday you know you're going to go through the testing. It's happening. Jesus promised it. Therefore, in this world you'll have tribulation, but I have come. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We need to remember that. The sifting process happens, but God produces something beautiful in the end. He says to Peter, questions him three times, Peter, do you love me? John chapter 21. And Peter says, yes, 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 confirming that he loves him. Jesus is getting him ready to receive the keys. Just before that experience with Peter, <clears throat> he's with his disciples. This is the second time he's appearing after his resurrection. He's died on the cross. He's been in the grave. He's risen on the Sabbath. And he says, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. That's what was happening earlier today. It's happening now, and it's going to happen as we finish this service. He's breathing on us and saying, receive my chip <laughs> so that you can be the key that I want to use. Receive my Holy Spirit. Peter believed in Jesus, declared he was willing to die for him. But he didn't receive the Holy Spirit until Jesus, this is the only time in Scripture this, is word, this word is used. He inflated his chest and breathed, literally breathed, exhaled intentionally and full into the disciples. Receive my spirit. They receive the spirit. Peter receives the spirit. It's like what they do with grain. After it's sifted, it goes through a washing process that helps it become more edible, helps it become more likable to humans. Rece he's receiving a washing of that grain. But it's not until Acts chapter 2 that he receives the keys of the kingdom. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There was a sound of a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole place where they were sitting and there sat on their heads tongues like as of fire, sat upon each of them. And the Holy Spirit is rushing through the wind. They received an impartation of the Holy Spirit, a touch of the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them. He tells them to wait in Jerusalem. They wait in Jerusalem 10 days. And on the day of Pentecost, the festival of Shavuot is what it's called, the festival of the grain offering. When Jesus is telling Peter, 
When Jesus is telling Peter that Satan has asked for you like wheat, he's giving him a picture. We need to keep our ears open because Jesus speaks in ways that call us deeper and deeper and deeper because that's where we need to be, where our ears are open. He's speaking to Peter. It's going right over his head, right past his heart. He's saying in 50 days. When he talks about sifting as wheat, he's talking about when you're going to receive the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You're going to receive them on Pentecost. My prayer in earnest for this place is that we would have Pentecost all the time. Walking in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, constantly being immersed, constantly being washed, constantly being inspired and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Oh, Peter receives that impartation along with 119 others on the day of Pentecost. He gives a sermon. He's preached. He preaches like he's never preached before. He preaches his brains out. (laughs) And 3,000 people come to know the Lord. Acts chapter 3. This is after the infilling of the Holy Spirit, after he's received that chip, put it into the ignition, and turned the vehicle of his ministry on. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the illustration. He's driving down the road in the Holy Spirit now. His ministry is taking off. The keys are in use because he's let the keys be used on him. Peter took him by the right hand. Who did he take? The lame man that had been lame for 40 years since birth. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Hallelujah. He's walking and leaping and praising God, and everybody's amazed at him. That's an anointing that God has in this house to see the lame walk. Both in body and in spirit, where our spirits and hearts are afflicted. As a result of that loosing of the disease, using the keys of the kingdom of heaven under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, a number of men, the number of men, became 5,000. Let me show you one more. It's not just loosing with the keys, it's binding with the keys. In Acts chapter 5, we see Ananias and Sapphira. They try to join and get in with the Holy Spirit crowd without separating themselves from the flesh. They're not letting the keys work on them. The Holy Spirit conviction keys separate from the flesh, be one to the Spirit. And so they try to hold on to some money, but tell everybody else they sold the property for all it was worth, and here it is. I'm giving all, that the, all the money we got, and they're keeping back some for themselves. Peter says, why did you conceive this in your heart, Ananias? You have not lied to men, but to God. It says in verse 5, Acts chapter 5, that he fell down and breathed his last. Peter is binding the lying spirit that's at work. Because he knows and sees clearly what the Holy Spirit is doing because he's one with the Spirit. Sapphira comes in a couple hours later. And she says, yes, we sold it for everything and gave gave everything to you. She also passes away. She's buried by her husband. This is serious. Did I tell you this is an encouraging message? It is. 
It is. God does not want us to step back. He's saying, go for it, ACF. Go for it, child of God. Give me your all. I'll stand abandoned for you. He's saying that because that is our destiny. Not to be caught up in holding things back and partially and seeing what we can get away with in the flesh. I can drink a little bit. I can look a little bit here. I can do a little bit of this. I can dabble of that and still maybe hold my uh, relationship with Jesus in somewhat of a flicker of a flame. I don't know. He's saying, go all in. Go all in. What they're experiencing in those first several chapters of the book of Acts is what God has prescribed us to experience in this region. They're experiencing the promised land. Peter in his shadow going over people and they're healed. Just his shadow going over people and they're healed. They're bringing sick people and those tormented and afflicted by demons into their midst and it says all of them are healed. All of them are delivered. The addict, come on church, the addicts, Those that can't stop looking at stuff they're not supposed to be looking at. Those that can't stop sleeping around. God loves them. God loves them. And he wants to love them through us when our hearts are unlocked from the flesh and locked into the spirit. This is Peter's last words in Acts 15, and I'll close with this. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them. Talking to people that are uncircumcised Gentiles, most of us. I won't comment on the uncircumcised portion, but the Gentile portion, most of us. So God, who acknowledged the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the same Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, and made no distinction between us and them. This is Peter's own words, so that we would know that we're not any different than Peter. No, I wasn't there. I didn't hear the rooster crow when I had denied him three times. I denied him a whole lot more than three times. The same God that's working through Peter in locking him into himself by his grace and by Peter's understanding is the same God that wants to lock us into himself and see us do amazing things. Why don't you stand to your feet? I want to read some lies. Most of these I have dealt with myself. Um, and I'm just, this is just, I'm just going to close with this. This is how you're going to step into walking in the Spirit. And I, I'm not saying you haven't. I'm, I'm not saying you haven't. But when these lies come, we need to have tools. Here's the lie You're not good enough, Josh. Jesus, you're good enough. I'm not trying to take my own key and say, I rebuke that thought. In Jesus' name, I take it captive. No, 
I'm going, captivity is good, but only when we go to Jesus. Jesus, you're good enough. What do you say about that lie? You understand? It's, it's, I'm no longer in my carnal mindset. I'm in the spirit. I'm going to Jesus with everything. Take a second look at what you shouldn't be looking at. My focus is on you, Jesus. It's amazing how quickly when we focus on Jesus, how quickly those things that we can't, Jesus' name, take it down, rebuke it, in our own tantrum of a fit in our mind, trying to take it over with our own willpower. It's amazing how quick it gets dealt with when we truly go to the throne room. (laughs) Did you like my tantrum? You're going to die of that illness. Jesus, by your stripes, I'm healed. (laughs) Truth. Just receive it from him, not from a preacher, not from a word of, of man, but from him. It's by his stripes. It's by your stripes, Jesus, we're healed. You should be farther along in your walk with Christ by now. Jesus, what do you have to say? Before I knew you, before you knew me, I I had a plan for you. I sanctified you. I called you. My giftings, my callings are irrevocable. Listen to his voice, not the voice in your head that's not of him. You should take control of this awful situation. I tell people I'm a type A personality, but I've corrected that. I'm a type double A prime. (laughs) And I have a propensity to take control of things. And he's saying to me, will you submit my will? Will you submit your will to me? Would a loving God let this situation happen? We go to him and he says, I am compassionate and gracious. This is the word of God from Psalms. Slow to anger, abounding in love. He relents from sending calamity. (laughs) Just a couple more. This breakthrough in the Lord, this breakthrough in the Lord will not last. I'm telling you, this is from the Lord. No, in Jesus' name. The breakthrough stands because he's commanded it to stand. Jesus, you have prayed that my faith would not fail. How about that? I fail on my own, but when I'm praying to you, my faith will not fail. Josh, you aren't hearing from the Lord. Give me ears to hear, God. (laughs) Give me ears to hear. Open up the ears of my heart so that I would hear your voice. I would know your voice. I'm not going to look anywhere else. I'm so ardent after you. I'm turning everything off because I need to hear your voice. One more. This is fitting. This sifting is too much for me. 
Jesus, you are my rock. I will not be greatly moved. Praise God. Just give him a glory. <laughs> hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You are holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy, holy. God in our midst. Whew. Lord, we're just so, we're so blessed that you would even invite us to be one with you. You love us so much that even while we were still sinners, you died for us, Jesus. There's nothing that we can do or have not done or will do or will not do that separates us from your end, from your love toward us. We choose often to separate ourselves from your love. Holy Spirit, we thank you for revealing our tendencies to not do things the way you want to do things. Our tendencies to walk in the flesh, where we get mad at our spouses, where we don't tell the full truth at times, where we lust, where we're full of pride. All this stuff, guys. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing those things convicting our hearts so that we can simply choose in the hearing of your word, in your holy presence, to do it no more. It's by your grace that's sufficient in all things. It's by your grace that we're able to choose. And so if you're able, just say this with me. Repeat after me. July 30th, 2023 is the day that I declare to no longer walk in the flesh, but to walk in the Spirit, to be joined with God and be one with Him. Holy Spirit, I give you permission from this day forward to convict my heart of everything that's not of you. Every fear that's not of you no longer has a grip on my heart because your love fills my heart. Though I may not feel your love, I know you are love, and you're pouring out your love in my heart. Every time I have a question, I turn to you. I don't turn to anything on this earth. I turn to you. Your grace truly is sufficient for me. And your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Father, right now I just bless this whole house to, with the anointing that you are telling me to pray for. I don't even know what to put a name on it is, but the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, it would, be, it would even be an activation in the name of Jesus to go where we haven't gone before, 
to do what we haven't done before, to open our mouths where we haven't opened our mouths before, to change where we've been unable to change before, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be a holy priesthood, built up as living stones, offering up acceptable sacrifices to the Lord through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen.